0: Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high performing sales teams. What's up, Josh?
1: Hey, how's it going, Taylor?
0: Going well, man. Going well. I am excited today to talk about balancing lead volume and quality. And, and Josh, I feel like this really fits into your wheelhouse, knowing a lot about you and your businesses and, and what you help a lot of clients with. So I kinda wanna turn it over to you a little bit. I know you've got a recent experience and I would love for everybody to hear that uh, because this just happened the other day. And, uh, and, I, and I really think this would be really relevant to those out there. So let me turn it over to you. Talk to me a little bit about your recent experience
1: yeah so I was working with a founder led company as we do, and they're growing. They're just firing on all cylinders. they've started figuring out um, you know how to create lead volume uh repeatedly, so um, they're they're doing all kinds of great things and working with us to create leads and and doing a lot on their own. and so all of a sudden, volume has become an issue, and so the question was, is, well, how do we handle this? Like what do we do around lead volume? Mm -hmm. And there was some follow-up questions from me, which were, well, where do you really want to go as an organization? And I think this is important for any sales leadership out there and founders, because where you want to go dictates how you build the team and a lot, and it dictates a lot of other things around the business, which we're going to talk about in this podcast. Um, So with that, my follow-up was, well, do you want volume and do you want to keep cranking on that volume and build a Mm -hmm. sales team? And get a, a breadth of people, and you know, help them through understanding your product and, and the value you provide, and then closing those deals. Or do you want to be boutique, right? Do you want to have yeah. only a few key SMEs from an organizational perspective, and and lower the volume, or have ways to like quickly and automatically filter people out? So it's like that boutique yeah. versus volume with with a sales team type of of uh road. Which one do you want to take?
0: So if I'm hearing you correctly, balancing the lead volume um depends on obviously what their overall strategy is from a from a sales and, and, and deal acquisition point of view. If they want to be like, you know, like like our organizations have got, you know, hundreds of sales folks that, that inbound leads and they get assigned and they qualify and they do their thing. But that's when you've got loads of volume and territory leads coming in and whatnot. Or to your point, you could take some of those subject matter experts that aren't necessarily that this huge sales team and really just pick and choose as a boutique what you really want to go after, um, you know, as it relates to being, being just a little bit smaller of a uh, of, of a sales force and really have that boutique feel. Am I Am I on the
1: right track? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, the the one thing that came up in the conversation around this is if you know you want to be boutique. And mm-hmm. you want higher ticket items, right? You want higher quality, higher numbers, everything else, and lower volume. Then the first step to doing that is understanding how does that impact your brand. Because if you have a volume issue and you just you know lose some of that volume, you don't follow up, right? There's there's all kinds of impacts to the brand if you just don't talk to the people that are coming inbound, right? They're you're, they're mm-hmm. filling out a form and you're just not answering. That could be an issue. But if you know your boutique and you only deal with people who have a $100,000 budget and you don't deal with people who have a $10,000 budget, yeah. there's a lot of things you can do from a messaging perspective on totally. your website, on yep. podcasts, on interviews, during, when, when you're writing content, all of that can be oriented around the target clients you have. Yeah. Yep. And Great so that point. will change the type of lead you get before they ever show up in it, your- exactly. Firm.
0: I I love it. Yeah, that that really makes a lot of sense. So so it's funny when you bring it full circle like that, obviously the inbounds that are coming in and whatnot, well, you have a decision to make what kind of a response you want to make to those inbound leads. And that can go full circle all the way around to adjusting your message, to adjusting your brand to bring in the appropriate amount of leads or the appropriate quality of leads uh, by just the way that you message your brand and who you are. You know, are you the low cost leader? Well, then maybe you're going to get a ton of volume, you know, but if you're not and you are the the highest quality in the land of this and that and whatnot, well, then you're probably going to get smaller amounts of leads, but you'll get the upper echelon that you're probably looking for. So I like the way that it goes all the way back around into uh, into the marketing side.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and we see all kinds of examples of this, right? If you think of Amazon and Walmart versus you know, boutique clothing or anything else you would buy from one of those two stores, right? The messaging alone is very different. The experience mm-hmm. is very different. And they they state that up front. Um, Same thing with size of client. That's another way to do it is, hey, we, we are a firm and we generally work with companies of this size. Like, for example, we work with founder-led companies. Usually, you know, almost all of our clients have zero to 10 full-time salespeople. Mm-hmm. That's where we play. So you're not going to get enterprise level contracts that take, you know, months to negotiate, that's not the type of clientele we have, right? But if we only do it, if we only do sales enablement operations and CRMs for enterprise deals, well, then when we talk about doing all of this for enterprise in all of our messaging, naturally, people who aren't enterprises are most likely not going to reach out, right? And that's not 100%. But the messaging plays a huge factor in that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's great. So I think you I think you explained it very well. I think the definition of of what we're talking about are, are really good. Now, what are some examples? Right, like like how can we how, how can we explain? Uh, you know you know maybe some some examples of how to b- balance these these lead volumes and, and and quality specifically.
1: Yeah. So once you figure out which one you want to be, do you want to be you know the boutique? Do you want to get the volume in and help as many people as you can? And maybe because of the, the type of business you're in or the type of service that you're in, you need to do a lot of education, right? If you're in a yeah. newer market, you know, like I know years ago, ABM and account-based marketing and targeting, retargeting was new, right? Maybe, I don't know, mm-hmm. eight, 10 years ago, you know, you had to actually educate people on that. So you needed to get volume in so that you could educate them on the value. Whereas if you're doing something that's been around forever, you know, being boutique is probably easy. They, they yeah. don't need an education. Yeah. So that plays a big part in the type of business and what you want to be. Um, Some real examples are when it comes to volume is what is really understanding what the issue is. Are you getting too many leads? Are you getting a good volume? But most of them are tire kickers or most of them just don't even have close to the budget. Well, what do we do and how do we handle? So the next question is, is let's say we go the lead route. Um, What are the steps in order to handle those leads correctly? And where do we route them? So an example of this would be maybe you have an organization and you get pretty good lead volume, uh, but you do have a bit of education and you can quickly discern the, the top candidates or the top prospects from the ones who are just you know trying to figure out whether this is a good fit or service for them. Mm-hmm. Well, the great thing with that is, is if you're building a sales team, you can route the ones that are of lower value to newer reps. Mm-hmm. No problem, Right you're willing to spend more time on a newer rep and if they lose the deal it doesn't hurt and it's not a big deal and you can say right. look everything under 10,000 or 50,000 you know depending on what your bands are go to this rep and we're using those for training right and we it's no big deal where if we lose them we lose them if they win they yeah. win and as that right. rep gets better we'll move them up so that's a real world example of as you're building the sales team of ways to use those different deal types and that deal flow to grow your team, educate your team, and, and make decisions.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's great. Now, I think what a lot of people are, are wondering is, hmm, if I'm a new founder-led business and I don't know the answer to that yet, well, I, I think that most you know startups would say, right now, volume's important, exposure's <laughs> right. important. You know what I mean? Let's get them in, let's chop them up, and let's see what we want to take on or not. So I think another thing to mention here, especially for uh, the new organizations out there, this doesn't necessarily have to be a science that you need to figure out before you go. And and you know, one of the things that I you know, that I I'm just thinking about off the top of my head is how people might get obsessed with this idea and they they kind of sit on this for too long before they get going. Right? Yeah. So I think it's also uh, good to mention that you know, number one, obviously entrepreneurial one-on-one, get going. You know, go good, go get started. But if this has to be adjusted. I mean, I can tell you from from technology's point of view, uh, you know, when things like virtualization and VMware and and um, you know and, and hyper threading came out, that that was an Uber like disruption in the technology <laughs> marketplace. I mean, it flipped it's on its head. A half million dollar machine does now what a four thousand dollar machine does. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's, yeah. And I and I did those numbers backwards. Four thousand dollar machine today does what a half million dollar machine did a handful of years ago. So. I, I guess what I'm getting at is things change, right? And it's important for you to keep a, keep your eye on this. If you're if you're more you know uh, if you're more of a churn and burn type of organization, or if you're more you know quality and you know uh, minimal viable you know audience type of an organization, but but learn as you go. You can adjust the message. You, you can you can pivot when you need to. Uh, but don't let that don't let that uh, you know inhibit you from getting started to getting your messaging out there and to get some leads coming in.
1: Yeah, like if you want lead volume, create the lead volume problem first, and then go yeah, you're, you're decide right how you want to solve that's that problem. A great way. Right. That's a
0: really, uh, really great way. I want, to, I, want you, I want you to repeat that. If you want, if you want this, create a volume problem first. Right. I love that. that was right. a really, really good good line. That's cool yeah. I mean, it. if
1: you if you have a lot of salespeople already, you know, the question is is what is their close rate? What is their close win? Their close loss mm-hmm. rate? and what is that ratio and when you start to look at that ratio you start Mm -hmm. to really uncover do you have a quality or volume issue you know and and that's something you really have to dig into you can't look at the ratio and immediately say oh well you know i'm sending them too many leads to follow up on properly or i'm not sending them quality enough leads like you really have to sit with the rep and it's going to depend on the rep the training all kinds of other factors but you can now go dig into that and say well the the goal is to raise my opportunity one amount or my deal one amount, whatever you call your your deals, um, yeah, and right. then go figure out what the lead volume versus quality issue is and track that yeah. all the way through the process and go rectify that.
0: Yeah, I love it. So you, you talked about all the way through getting that done. Now, let's say that the qualifications are, are accurate and an appropriate level of volumes coming into what you want to be. You've matched that on the brand communication like you've talked about internally and externally. There's a few more that I can think of. I mean, one of which, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, is does it get as black and white as having things like in the messaging around deal minimums? Can you adjust? Is that a tip to balance balancing lead volume and Is just to throw a deal minimum out there so that people don't even come to you if you're not going to, I guess, hit a certain threshold?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the deal minimum is done in a couple different ways. Like from a pricing perspective, it can be right on your website. You know, we here's the here's the target clients we have. We work with companies that spend X to Y. Uh, if it's productized, then the pricing of the product is automatically going to filter out people because they go to pricing and they say, oh, well, Good you know, here's the yep. pricing of the packaged service or packaged product. So that's yep. another way um, I see it. Like in the software world, you see the number of users you know, this pricing is, you know, priced for uh, up to five sales reps, it gives yep. you kind of an indication that, you know, you can't just buy this for one rep, there mm-hmm. is no cheaper option, you know, you yeah. need to be at this level of sales to buy this sales tool, um, or for the pricing to really work out. But if you want to pay the money for one, you can do that. Um, another one is just in the, the messaging in like, if you have a templated responses, or any other templates, for the sales rep. So if you do have a lead call person, you know, they can get on and and do the budget conversation, which we talked about in the last podcast and say, Oh, well, you know, we, right now we really only work with companies that do, you know, have a minimum of 40,000 budgeted mm. and they'll say, Oh, well, we're at 10 you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And so having a deal minimum Fine. is one way to kind of let them off and say, well, um, let me redirect you to somebody else. Or I do have exactly. a company that really works well with companies mm-hmm. of your size that we we send people to whatever it is. So I like the deal minimums because uh, they set a threshold.
0: I think that's really smart. And, and it just we we talk about this in a lot of different episodes is, is the art of working smart, the art of making the most of every minute that you have in the pre-sales, in the life cycle. And what sort of organizational, I'm sorry, um, yeah, I guess that's right, organizational measures can you take to to stay disciplined and to make sure that the messaging matches the audience, matches the marketing, matches the lead bound, matches everything all the way through so that there's no miscommunication? I mean, in an ideal world, Josh, obviously every lead that comes in is a wheelhouse, right? Yeah. And maybe that's not a reality, but what is a reality is it is the quality of leads that you can do by getting ahead of it and bringing that communication, doing things like you just talked about with deal minimums and just all these just different ways of of balancing that messaging so that when it does come through, you've got a basically a response, a perfect response for each one, which kind of brings me to another idea. Uh, I think maybe some templated responses to to some balancing to to, to when the volume, I'm sorry, to when the leads come in? uh, Like what what kind of um, advice or what what kind of um, documentation or or whatever you want to call it? Have have you given to organizations from a templated response point of view to the leads and the quality of leads that are coming in?
1: Yeah. So if a lead comes in, the question is, is, you know, are you sending something that just says, Hey, thanks. We got your lead. We'll get back to you. Or is it, Hey, we got your lead uh, or we got your information. Thanks for filling this out. Somebody's going to be reaching out shortly. You know, Mm -hmm. in the meantime, would you mind filling out these three questions? Right. And then you get an idea of who they are or maybe you're asking for some more information so you can go look them up on LinkedIn and see what the company size is and, and understand before you get on that call, which hopefully happens in the next 24 to 48 hours from them submitting yeah. Um, you can do a little bit of research at a rep. So like those auto responders can make a big difference in the information that you gather before mm-hmm. you ever get off a call. And if they choose, if they don't choose to fill it out, no problem. You have somebody to hold their hand if that's your model and that's how you do your business. Um, if they do choose to fill it out though, then you get into a place where you can actually probably route it to the best person, right? Exactly. So the more yeah. information you have, the more knowledge you can say, well, like, we work with a lot of founders that have one or two sales reps, but the founder is still like their top salesperson. Yeah. So, however, you don't want to route a inbound contact, right? An inbound form fill directly to your top sales rep.
0: Yeah. Unless
1: right. there is an indication that it's going to be valuable for their time. And That's that really right. scales up too. I mean, it's not just for founders. If you have 10 or 20 people, there's other routing rules to decide, well, you know, they filled out the form, but we didn't really realize where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, we have territory. Yeah. So, hey, what part, you know, what part of the country are you in or any other automatic responses that you can put in that they're willing to fill out? Okay, and again, there's a balance, right? Yep. You don't want to yep. push everything off to somebody who wants to talk to a human, but you can get a certain amount of information in the interim while that call is getting scheduled.
0: You know what else I love about that is let's say that you pivot down the road and you decide, well, you know, the market has shifted. We've changed. And maybe the quality response that we had is a little less viable now. And maybe we're going to go for the volume. Maybe we're going to go for the for the massive churn. Well, now you've got a list of these dormant leads out there that you can go prospect against and say, hey, I remember when you had the idea of doing X, Y, Z. And it wasn't a fit for organization. But on July 10th, 2020, you filled this out. I want to let you know that if this comes up again, we can help. And maybe you'll be able to revitalize some of those dormants that you didn't, um, you know, have a have a need, well, I should say, have a fit for previously.
1: Yeah, I've seen that a lot of times because most CRMs have the ability to take a lead or a contact or a deal and mark it as close lost, right? Or deals, right. archive. archive it. You know, there's all kinds of things that happen. And then if you want to do outbound or you get even a new employee that's doing outbound, it's really easy to take all of those and say, okay, here's the script. Here's what you're going to go out and do. You know, Hey, uh, we talked to you X number of months ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. We just want to let you know that we have some new services that are built for businesses of your size. You know, here's the sheet, you know, here's the sales slick, you know, you can reinvigorate those um, or you can do check-ins where, Uh, We just want to see how it was going. Like, we know you went with another vendor. How did it go with that vendor? And sometimes you find out like, yeah, they, you know, for example, they picked the cheaper option and it didn't work out the way that they wanted. Right. We've seen that happen. Like, oh, well, they They were cheaper, but, you know, it's been a disaster for the last 90 days. Great. How can we help (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> we already have that yeah. quote that we gave you last time, you know, that's right. Um, you know, so there's all kinds of ways to go back through those leads if you're, you know, if you're storing them and keeping them and, mm. and have the right data on them.
0: Yeah. You know what I see a lot of times nowadays? Um, and, you know, y- we could use any of these Any, like a Zoom, for instance, is a, is a good example. We could we could log on to zoom.com and go have a look at what's available. One of the things that I think is so great about an organization like like Zoom, for instance, is they've been able to balance the volume and the quality by packaging these different products in one to two. And I don't even know if they've got more than three packages, to be honest with you. But they've been able to do this by looking at a basic package, like like a silver, gold, platinum. Right. Yeah. So one of the ways that I think is such a great, I mean, whether you're in the volume or the quality business, quite frankly, just a just a tip a, a tip and trick to balance the 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 the, the volume or the, uh, the the you know the influx of opportunity. I think one of the greatest ways to do that is through productization, to package these things th- these things together to say you either fit in one of three buckets, Mr. Customer or Mr. Prospect, and if you don't fit in any of these three buckets, we're not your guy. We're not your we're not your organization. So what do you think about that? Do you agree? I mean, obviously, having some public pricing right there in those packages, I think is important, probably weeds out the the ones that aren't gonna you know bring you any value, but I think that's a great way specifically to balancing, regardless if you're in the volume or the quality space. Do you agree with that
1: yeah, I agree I mean productization allows the sales rep to make all kinds of decisions that makes life easier so yes. like at founder scale, we have three products, and it's not products from a software perspective we're still we're a services company but Mm -hmm. they're packaged and they're pre-priced and we know what the pricing is and what the volume levers are. So we can say, if you want the sales amplify, we have the sales amplify 2X and we have the sales amplify 3X. How much do you want us to amplify what your rep's already doing, right? Those are the buckets. It's delivered as a service. However, you can look at the pricing and what's being done and make a very clear decision. You can look and say, well, one, does the pricing match my business? Am I willing to make that investment? Um, Or you know, is that not something I'm ready for? Or is it one of the other products that we have? So I mean, there's only three, and you pick from those. And that's we don't we do everything we can not to do anything outside of that. <laughs> right, right, Because, you know, the, a whole delivery, other subject. The, yeah, the delivery, the quality, all of that trails yeah. off if you do everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that helps as well, because we can really tailor and say, Okay, the volumes coming in, but which three of these areas are they looking at? Is it one, yeah. two, three, all, you know, a mix and match? And our messaging can really be around driving that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know we say this just about on every episode, but it's just so important to me. So, I again, I just love how it all plays in to inbound lead all the way into a repeatable deliverable, a repeatable execution that you can just do over and over and over again in your sleep, if you're doing it right, and 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 this this way of productizing this this thing that you have, and, and obviously marketing to it, branding against it, and making sure that the inbound leads are are appropriate, and when they buy it, and when it goes into transition, and when it gets ultimately delivered, this just repeatable assembly line of 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 just of just dollars and cents coming in for for your organization is going to be just. Awesome. So I love, even when we talk about balancing lead volume and quality, that translates all the way in the delivery and execution and the post-sale every time. And and that's why when we talk about these things on this this podcast, it is so important to mention that while it may fit in pre-sales or sales or transition or delivery or customer satisfaction, it is all linked. It is all linked from start to finish, and what makes the best experience for you and your customers.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I know for our organization, automation is a big key to what we do and being able to give um, you know good pricing, solid pricing uh, for founder-led companies. And the way that we do that is because we can automate and pick you know what we want to do and, and what yep. packages we have because like when you purchase a package from us, you know, it goes on through a process and there's an onboarding process. There's checklists. And then like we use JIRA, which has workflows and somebody literally goes in and says they bought this package and it automatically creates tickets. It automatically assigns yeah. those to people yeah. like we already know how it's going to be delivered. You know, if we're doing a webinar founder scale attend package, which is a set of webinars for people to drive leads and, and sales engagement, mm-hmm. Um, the webinar checklist is already been done it's already been used a hundred times for many other companies now there is a process around it and that's what keeps the cost down and allows us to do more and more for clients while maintaining a certain you know price point so that just has all kinds of impacts that would be a whole nother podcast about productization and and the effects which we've covered a little bit in the past but you know there's always more
0: i mean this was this was so good I, i i really um you know, so I, I don't want to, you know, summarize everything here because I'd like I'd like you actually to run through some of those things. But the the big things that I heard, you know, as, a, as an organization that's got loads of sales folks um, and if I had to start it all over and if I was going to have another organization that did not have a lot of sales folks, what kind of an organization do I want to be? Do I want to be one that is very heavy volume related? Do I want to be somewhere in the middle or do I want low volume, high quality? So j- just not to say that you don't want to, again, I, you don't want to obsess over this idea before you get started. But if you were already a business and you're already delivering and you already have sales and you think your marketplace might be going through a shift and maybe the high volumes and low qualities are not the answer anymore. Maybe it's more about boutiquing it a little bit better. Well, that's a really good thing to, to think about all here. and And the tips to balancing that are super important hopefully all of our you know listeners out there have got metrics in place where they can they can use real data to make these types of decisions if they're going to pivot or lean in or, or not but again i think it's so important for everybody to have this on, on and you know in and the in the foresight of their mind uh but Josh not to be confused with going and getting started you know right. what i mean yeah. and that's so important that that we talk about all these things and I'm I'm not, and I really hope that it that uh that it stimulates you know some some mindset here but I you know obviously analysis by paralysis I always like to mention in some of these that getting started is number 1 fly in the plane get it off the ground and if you have to adjust these lead volumes and quality conversations then you can
1: yeah most definitely so for our listeners you know hopefully this was helpful as always and you know think about your lead volume think about the quality think about where you want to go based on where you are now and how you can overcome those challenges so thank you for listening enjoy it josh
0: thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the founder scale sales leadership podcast if you enjoyed this content please subscribe and give us 5 stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform